Hey, I'm Erin Bridgman, a money mindset and management coach for the creative entrepreneur. I'm the girl behind the Wealthy Woman Movement that's reaching thousands and expanding each and every month. And I'm so glad you've decided to join this community too. Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast for creative female entrepreneurs looking to get strategic with their money. I believe that wealthy women will change the world. And in this podcast, we include money-related mindset and management tips and practical business advice you can apply right away. No fluff here. It's time to take action. Let me shoot it to you straight. Talking about money is like talking about sex. It's vulnerable and uncomfortable, but so necessary. And that's why I've created a judgment-free zone where women like you can trade the shame and money skeletons in your closet with empowerment and confidence that helps you master your money. I'm both the creative and the nerd, the no bullshit friend and your hype girl. And I'm excited to be your guide on your money journey. All your dreams are tied to money. So it's time to get that money working for you so you can make your dreams a reality together. Your business should be the catalyst to living your dream life. So don't let your money be the obstacle. Grab your notebook and your favorite drink and let's dive in. Hello, wealthy women, and welcome back to the show as we continue our series around millionaire moves. I'm super hesitant to press record and I've really gone back and forth around even doing this episode at all, but I feel like, Hey, if this helps one person, I'm here for it. So it's my birthday month. And if you know me, you know, I'm all about celebrating birthdays in my top five strengths is significance. I love finding ways to celebrate people and moments to create real memories with and birthdays are just the best. And I kind of feel a little bit unsure of how I'm feeling about my age. So I am 36 and I loved my thirties, but this like moment of tipping over and like, now I'm like getting closer to like late forties. Like I'm not like right in the middle. I'm 36. I don't know. It's kind of messing with my head a little bit. But I thought that in today's episode, I'd love to share some lessons of my own that I have learned in this past year of life around my own wealth journey. And um, yeah, just like stepping into and living out that identity and some big lessons that I've been learning. So I think the number one thing I want to say is that so many times we talk about failure and we only talk about failure after we've already like walked through it after it's like this most tragic thing has happened, or we've learned something we've walked through a Valley. It's been very difficult. And then like we're through the Valley and then we talk about it. And I want to be somebody who is able to be authentic and honest and also inspiring in the midst of being in the valley. And so I think one of the greatest lessons I have learned this year is that failure is sometimes your greatest teacher. And unfortunately, failure is the loudest teacher and success cannot teach us the same way that failure can. And as somebody who's an Enneagram three, very much resonate with that in lots of different ways, but being seen as successful and put together is sometimes the, the difficulty of being a three. And yeah, I feel like I don't want to be somebody who is put on any sort of pedestal. I'm still, and always will be learning and growing when it comes to my money mindset and to my growing my wealth and all of that. 
And so this year has honestly been a very painful year for me. And personally, it's been a difficult year. And it feels ironic that some of the difficulty, a lot of the difficulty is surrounding money, surrounding finances. And yeah, I also am seeing my brilliance and my strength through the failure, through the challenge. And I think that is what compels me to share. And it was, it's what even more like compels me to do this work in bigger, bigger ways. So yeah, it has been a crazy year. As I think back to this whole year, I had a baby. I had a two, you know, one year ago, I had a two month old when I turned 35. And so there's been some massive changes right after my birthday in October, we split with our business partner who is a friend of ours. And it was a difficult decision, but it was clear that for both of us, it was something that we needed to do in order to move forward for lots of different reasons. But one of them, you know, being that our business models and the way that we invest in real estate was just too misaligned from an affordability standpoint, the way that the rapid growth had happened and payroll, it was no longer making sense for us to stay together. And yeah, there was a a lot of different things, leadership styles being different, and it was messy to some level, to some extent. And to be very honest, you know, I definitely claim to be a real estate investor, be involved in the business, all of that. But this has been more of a Brent venture than my venture. It was something that I came in and supported Brent with and have done pieces of it, but it's been really Brent's vision. He has created so much success for us. And we have done that together as well to some extent, but he has been the brilliant one to help us push into making leap in the first place, really understanding the financial ins and outs of real estate investing and literally like understanding how houses work together and plumbing. I'm like, how do you know that? Like he knows like we need to actually adjust the joists because of the load bearing here. And sometimes he's literally correcting the architect. Okay. Brent is brilliant. If you know him, he's the most lovable guy in the world. And Brent and I are both big dreamers. And if you look at our sacred money archetypes, we both are mavericks. And one of the definitions of being a maverick is that you tend to have very large swings in money. So like you're able to like take big risks, have big wins, but you all also have big losses. And that's been true for us this past year. I think this is why it's so important to get very clear on what your particular financial goals are and what is alignment to getting towards those goals. I was just speaking to a client of mine about this and saying, well, how do you want the money to come to you? What, like, how will it be aligned? There's lots of different ways to bring money into your world. And those listening, you guys know how, we all know how to make money. But it is true that some ways will feel more congruent than others. Some ways will feel more fulfilling than others. And it's really important to have integrity in the process of bringing in money. As I said, this past year has just been a big lesson. And some of that, a lot of that has come through failure. So in the dividing of the company, we took on certain expenses and payroll and things like that. The timing of that was 
was coupled with a huge market correction and lots of things that were also out of our control. We were we had a lawsuit filed against us around some a very nuanced portion of a contract and a sale. It was just terrible. We were having to work on evicting tenants. The amount of times we have had our homes broken into and so on from like the list could literally go on and on and on. But one of the things that, you know, stands out to me is that to some extent, Brett and I got wrapped up and swept up into our business partner's vision and his pace. And we left some of our own financial principles and I, I want to say, like, I have recorded an episode around financial principles and the times where Brett and I have stuck to those, which are very often, and why we have created the wealth we've created at the age we have and we why we have the real estate assets we have now is because we do have those principles and we do stick to them for the most part. But in the very fast-paced scaling that happened with inside of real estate, Brent and I started to get a little bit off course. And I will say that to some extent, I was not as involved in this as Brent, um, but Brent was, man, he was like rocking it, just like running the company, doing a lot of the day-to-day on-the-ground work. There's definitely some misalignment with workload, and I could go into lots of different lessons there, but that's not the point of this episode. So basically what this turned into was that Brent and his previous business partner purchased a set of homes in an LLC that they ran together. And this was more in the vein of our business partner's model and his way of doing real estate investing and not in our principles and not in our ways. And I was less involved. I wasn't, I was doing a million other things. And this entity has actually created a very large financial deficit that we've had to figure out how to strategize and how to work through. And not only that, but just the general splitting of the company, the market changes for real estate, it's been a lot. And we kind of just like kept up with this pace and didn't take a beat didn't feel we could take a beat to create a bit more strategy. We felt really highly responsible for others, for paying others, and took on a lot of payroll upon ourselves. Okay, so why the heck am I sharing all this as a money coach? Because I think we have to share our failures before we have fully figured out the solution. And while I feel frustrated for a lot of decisions that have been made that have not been my decisions, but I still hold responsibility for, I feel really grateful knowing that education is expensive. That's what I, we, I've been told, you know, say over and over again, like we are in education as we continue to learn and grow inside of real estate. And and Brent and I are graduating this year with doctorate degrees. So we are learning so much, so much of what not to do, so much of remembering the brilliance that we have and sticking to that brilliance. And so I really believe that there 
we cannot, some lessons cannot be learned except through going through the valley. And this has been a very, one of the most probably stressful seasons of my life and just navigating lots of, of different stressors that have come towards us. And so in that, what I'm really proud of is that I have been practicing exactly what I preach and I have been practicing the mindset work and the staying in abundance. And I'm not saying I've done this perfectly, but there are many times where I feel like it would be reasonable for me to break. It would be very understanding for me to be like, see, the universe is conspiring against me. Here it goes again, just lost $15,000 there. You know, I'm not kidding you. Like a, two, a couple of weekends ago, we were going to pour the foundation for garage and because the permitting was not correct and there's lots of things there. It was a Saturday, the concrete could go nowhere else. So they had to dump it back in the quarry and it was like literally burning $3,600 of money. Like we just lost that money. So I could very easily focus on where the money is leaving, freaking out. My gosh, here we go again, again. Oh, cool. Yeah, of course the house flooded and now we have to spend money there. Of course, I mean, the list could go on and on. And trust me, there have been moments where I have been just sobbing in my closet on the floor, a mess. But I am finding that what's happening inside of me is this even more powerful cause, even more powerful motivation to do the work that I'm doing because it's what's getting me through. And not just the mindset work, but I do have to say I have been doing a lot of spreadsheet work. So while Brent is extremely brilliant and knows crazy ins and out of finances, one thing that I am a bit more gifted at and and the one that sort of leads the charge is I'm great at being able to take lots of different fragments of information, pulling them all together and like seeing the big picture and then strategizing the big picture. And so as you can imagine, there are very large numbers that we are working to figure out, figure out and strategize and to figure out, okay, exactly how do we want to move forward? What types of assets do we need to buy? What does cash flow look like? What does running the company really cost us? What does all these types of things, what does it look like to liquidate part of our portfolio to put us in a better cash position, all these different things. Okay. And so I've been taking a lot of the spreadsheets that I use with my clients and tweaking them in order to be able to use them in this greater picture where instead of maybe smaller budgets, we're working with hundreds of thousands of dollars and looking at how we can strategize them. So I've done a ton of work around seeing projections, seeing what houses are about to come off what we call the conveyor belt and go in to going out into the market, estimating how much we'll be able to spend, figuring out exactly where the strategy of that money should go. 
of course, we have expenses, we have distributions, we have investment partners, all these different things. And so it's been this sort of crazy, complex financial puzzle. And I'm really proud because I'm leaning into that management work. So number one is that I'm letting failure be my teacher. And I want to lead with true authenticity and say that, you know, just because I'm a money coach does not mean that I always have financial success. And I know though, that I will continue to have financial success because I allow failure to be my teacher and I don't allow it to cripple me. Two other really huge things I think that have stood out to me this past year is really keeping the larger vision at hand and not letting myself, what Brett and I often say is let's not trip over dollars to save pennies. And it's easy to do that when you get into fear, when you get into like lots of stressful things flying at you, it could be easy to just make, make really short-sighted decisions. Things like, oh my gosh, I'll just put on my tool belt and I'll just go freaking paint the wall or I'll do this thing. It's like, okay, but if I go do that and I save like $500, I'm not at my desk all day doing the strategy work or leading my team or doing things like that. It could also look like, you know, saving on budget here, but really it ends up like costing you way more money over there. We've learned over the years, like you don't do a good job renovating. Oh, you think you save money? No, (laughs) the basement's going to flood and you should have just dug out the sewer. Right. I feel like have, I've really pressed into not letting scarcity and fear lead me like, okay, so I'm going to like, you know, only buy rice and beans for groceries. Like that is not going to work. I cannot save myself to greater wealth. It doesn't work that way. When you start to get, allow fear to lead you, you start to make really small, short-sighted decisions and saving, hoarding, making those fear-based decisions is not going to propel you into the future that you want. And I've really had to continuously talk myself into that. And some specific ways I've lived that out is like, even with my time. So it would be very easy for me. And I was really evaluating this fall as I was thinking about this new season and our new team, our new sort of business goals and my time. And it would be easy for me to like, really like justify and say like, no, I must work, you know, 50 hours, 60 hours. I have to do that. Like, and kind of stay really like fear-based and short-sighted. And I was like, you know what? It has been such a value of mine to be able to have that quality time with my girls. And as they think about their schools, that schedule and how I want to spend time with them, like, I'm just not, that's just like a non-negotiable for me and it'll shake out. And I have the larger vision that like, while it is a season of hustle and strategy, I think it is very important to not get so sucked into the here and now. I've really been working to not allow urgency or something that might in the short-sighted save money or whatever be, be our leader and be sometimes it actually means you have to. And we've literally done this like in a space where we don't feel super flush. Like we like don't feel like, wow, like we are just raking in the dough and please know, like we're not like about to file bankruptcy or anywhere close to that many times 
because our brain desires for us to be safe, because that is the function of the brain, fear and money very often come hand in hand. There was a survey done that said that money is the one of the top three stressors. Of course, right? It is how we literally have livelihood, how the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you need money to literally survive in the economy and in the world that we live in. And I have determined and tried to constantly press and question when fear tries to be my leader, when that short-sighted moment that makes me think maybe I'm safer to do this, I should... I should like get super scrappy. I should make a kind of like a scarcity call here. Like that would feel safe. That would feel better. Like go into emergency mode, whatever. I really have questioned that. And then like, that is not my leader. And what I've done is in some ways, what might feel like the opposite and being like, what? Okay. Like actually deploying more money in really specific strategic ways will be the very thing that gets me to where I want to go and get to my goals. So I'm really grateful for all the teachers that have poured into me and all the community and friends and leaders and clients that have been my teacher throughout these years to help me live into this expansive space. So really, I guess like high level, not allowing urgency to be my leader, not allowing fear, understanding that my need for safety, but my need to be in expansive thinking in order to really make the high level wealth decisions has been huge. Not tripping over dollars to save pennies and constantly having that lens. And another thing I would say, like one of my last things that has been just really helpful is continuing to always be a student. I think that those who win in life are ones that are always in the posture of being able to learn. And I have been really nerding out as I have been looking at our financial goals and kind of looking at the market, the real estate market and adjusting like what we think will happen and how can we like the, the beauty of real estate is like you have so many different ways to win and make money. And so I have been nerding out around understanding depreciation, how, how it works within real estate. Why I'm, I said to Brent after we had like a two hour meeting with our accountant, why is everyone not investing in real estate? This is absolutely brilliant. Like this is crazy truly like the tax laws and the tax advantages and all of this. And there's so many gifts that have come out of this season. I get to keep one of my favorite homes that we have been renovating that is right down very close to Bottle Works, which is a very cool development that's happened in Indianapolis. And I get to keep it as an Airbnb. And if you know me, you know, I'm super passionate about hospitality and I get to like curate the space. So it means I get to I'm getting ready to like purchase a ton of furniture and do sourcing and I get to do uh, all the art and I just love it. And it's actually a very strategic move. And you might like, if I didn't do the education, I would think, well, gosh, I just got to go capitalize. I got to sell this. I got to make, you know, a hundred grand. Like that's going to be my, my most advantageous move. But 
as I started to think about it and as Brent and I were having discussions, it was like, wait, I think this asset may be best if we hold and keep it and do some faster depreciation because we have deployed so much money into this project. And when we did all of our formulas and plugging and playing around, don't want to bore you all too much. It was definitely agreed upon unanimously by myself, Brent, and our accountant, that this is absolutely an asset that we would need to hold. And it would be more strategic for us to hold this and liquidate other portions of our portfolio because of how much equity we have now on play and how much those assets have appreciated over time. And so I think my past self, I think my past self for all the ways that it has made very principled decisions for the way that it has allowed me to have a posture of living through failure and being an ever student. And I think my future self that continues to lead me with great vision for understanding the impact I want to make on the world, the way that I want to show up and for giving me this season that has allowed me to dig deep into the work that I do with so many other people and basically put a massive exclamation point on this is the exact work you are meant to do. And so here we go, 36. Here we go, continuing to step into this vision and this identity that I have and that I desire to have. And I hope that this inspires you that even when you are in the midst of a season that isn't the most glamorous. You you can see the brilliance that's coming. You can see like, wow, like I know what this will become, but it is still messy and you're in that messy middle. I want to, to encourage you to dig deep into that future identity and into the work that you have done and that you know you have that mindset work and the musculature and your belief in yourself and all of the things that you have, because you wouldn't be listening to the show. You wouldn't be here listening if that weren't the case. So I hope that my story can be one that inspires you. Failure is our greatest teacher and some lessons can only be learned in the valleys. Cheers for now. Are you a creative entrepreneur looking for next level support when it comes to your money mindset and management? It's time to get on top of your numbers once and for all. Do you want to upgrade your lifestyle, make a bigger impact in the world, or gain more time back into your day? Your big dreams are all coming back to one thing, money. So I've developed a secret sauce money matrix formula to combine the power of an abundance mindset with money management tools specifically for creative entrepreneurs like you. Stop hiding from your numbers and start getting strategic. Head to www.erinbridgman.com to learn everything you need to know about my coaching programs. It's time to completely transform and change the way you view and manage money so you can show up like the wealthy woman you are meant to be. Apply to work with me one-on-one at www.erinbridgman.com.